don't make mistakes, that's just life They might say I change, that's alright That's alright, that's alright That's just my life, my life, my life, my life What up? What's going on? So what made today a good day? Uh, today's a good day. I just started realizing I can't control everything. And I mean, I always knew that, but today I really focused in on that. I can't control everything. So I, stuff does not stress me out as much. So when you really let that kind of wash over you, you know, it's like, I understand that. Um, Today was a good day for me. You know why today was a good day? Why was a good day? I woke up this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody didn't. (laughs) Ain't that the truth with COVID and everything? So. So right. (laughs) So what are we talking about today, Marcus? Mr. TNF. So, today, uh, I was thinking about what is it about us that make us who we are? Mm. Is it our surroundings? Is it our inherent DNA from our parents? Or is it our life experiences. Mm. Um, and the reason why I said that is because for you know, for many years, if you do something, somebody will say, Oh, you just like your dad, or you just like your brother. And um you know, some things are inherent, but who we truly are, is this is it are we a, is, is it because we are a product of our environment or is it a DNA um standard? What do you think? Um, a lot of things, you know. I think because there's people there born with, you know. Well, at least scientists say there's like aggressive genotypes or whatever, you know, whatever that means. But um, or people that are more susceptible to being um, uh, psychopathic or whatever, but. Uh, I truly believe that you just um, that it's your environment has way more uh, a greater impact. Let's say that a greater impact on you, who you come out to be, rather than uh, anything to do genetically. Uh, I mean, obviously there are genetic influences as far as like athleticism, or, mm-hmm. you know, height, weight, and a whole bunch of other things like that that may or may not help dictate the environment's influence on you. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's, I think it's uh, environmental influences. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my dad growing up uh, out of my two brothers that I grew up with. <clears throat> and 
out of all of us, uh, I think, and I think they would agree to, I'm probably more likely to not hire somebody to do the job and do it myself. Because mm-hmm. uh, my dad always fixed everything on his own. Like, did brakes, oil changes, uh, install windows, build houses, put in carpet, redo roofs, you know, like, he did it all. Um, electricity, plumbing, everything. Um, I mean, he's an electrician by trade, but uh, but he did it all. So, uh, I'm more likely to be the one to probably do that type of stuff than my, my two brothers, but... So I would say it's just an influence. I happen to be the one that spent time with him when he was doing those things. So I learned those things, and I kind of gained an appreciation for those things. Where um, my younger brother is probably like, nah, let's go ahead and hire a professional and get this knocked out so I don't have to worry about it again. You know, like, where I'm going to be like, eh, I'll take the chance and do it. <laughs> and uh, save me some money and at least I know why it's not working or, you know, why I'm having problems with it because I'm the one that did it. Uh, but, yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like talent-wise, that can be inherited. Um, and who you are can be um, inherited. I feel how you act and how you matriculate through life can be manipulated. Meaning that sometimes you do things according to what you liked about your upbringing or what you don't. Meaning that if someone say you're just like your brother and your brother's gone left and he's all into everything and not doing what he needs to do, you might have some of his traits, but what you saw from him, you can manipulate it by not going down that path or not allowing those behaviors to be prevalent in your life. Meaning that you might, he might not have went to high school. He might not have even graduated, but because that happened, you're going to take a totally different path. So I feel like some things are innately um, inherited. And I feel some things we do because of our environment. And we look at what our examples were and say, I'm not going to be like that. Like, I've had friends who had deadbeat dads, but their mother would say, you're just like your dad. I mean, because they seen their dad as a horrible, because they're seeing their dad as a horrible person, they made a conscious decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to be nothing like him, even though people say you're just like your dad. You see what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think all that kind of has to has to do with, uh, <laughs> that was so distracting <laughs> you know what I told you this on an orthodox podcast We, if you if if you all could just see some of the stuff we be doing during our podcast, I'd be like, hey, yeah, they're ghetto. They're hood. Like, we, like, right now, 
if you was to just see it, she'd be like, "Yeah, they 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 so unprofessional." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I absolutely agree. I mean, I I get all the time. Oh, you just like you just like your uh, your dad or whatever. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Like, I'll try hard not to be. Right. Where in reality, uh, I probably do do a lot of things like my dad. If you ask my wife, she definitely would say that I'm, I'm like my dad. Yeah. In many ways, but um, I mean, I mean, there's been times where I've, you know, talking to the kids about like you know disciplinary stuff. Or and you hear your parents. Yeah, and I'm like, ugh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. and 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 I felt that same way as I got older. I was like, man, I'm starting to think just like my parents did when when they were my age, you know. Like, but and and that's why I say some things come with age and experience, and some things is 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 a combination. Um, and the reason why I brought that up is because I feel like because of our lineage. We as a people are expected to act a certain way um, because we are, you know, we're one of the biggest diasporas on this planet. And because we were detached from who we were, caused us to be something that we are now that we didn't expect to be. Um, so that's why I asked that question. You know, when you look at our history as a people, we are innately, because of our generational lineage, lineage, we are very um, strong. We are very forgiving. And some of that is an inherent attribute that we developed and we, we all have. Um. And that's why when I look at young people or I look at people when they get certain things or get money, if you notice, each person might be from different backgrounds, but when they come, when they, for example, when a football player, a basketball player make money, they all might be from different backgrounds. But when they all get money, they all start to have the same traits on how they show, show that they have money and the things they purchase. And that's why I say, is it our upbringing? Is it our innate um, lineage? Or is it something that we can manipulate? Because for me and you to be from two different states and have the same type of upbringing, or we can say certain things and we understand. Prime example, if I say, man, I'm hungry. What, what we got to eat? I just got, you know, bologna sandwich. I mean, bologna, this, this, this. We both can say, let's make this type of sandwich, mm-hmm. but we're from two different. Absolutely. Yeah. We're from two different states, but because we, we have that, that, that lineage of who we are, that's something we have in common because it's, it's in, it's us as a people. Because um, I've, I've heard people from all over the country and I'm like, how do they know how to, how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know each other, but that's just who we are. Like a fried bologna sandwich. Let, yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when I was in college, I met up with people who I did not know from a can of paint. 
And we all had the same mentality when it came to certain survival skills. Like, we all knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, at the time, you take it for granted. But as you get older, you're like, well, how do we, five different states, five different cities, but when it came to, to survival, we all thought the same. We all knew what to do. And it, it's fascinating now because it just shows that we're not that far removed from each other. You know, we're not that we're not actually maybe not that far from being related of some form. It might sound crazy, but because we are of a people who had to survive, skip some skills are in us and some skills I feel were developed throughout well, our lineage. Oh yeah, because I mean think about it like my there's people in my family that went through similar or the same exact thing that people in your family went through as people in this country, right? Right. So they use the same survival skills to get through that. Uh, and then in turn, they felt the need to impart those survival skills on the next generation and so on. And some there's some things that we do as people in mm-hmm. this country right now that we don't necessarily need to do anymore, but we still do it because it's just ingrained in us, right? Like, it's funny because I seen a post about um, how black people wash they behind. (laughs) 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 And I thought that was really funny because the fact that, like, all black people can relate to, like, what to, like, the process of washing yourself or washing yourself up you know, uh, even the term washing yourself up is, I, you know, I may be wrong. Our audience will correct me, but uh, I, I would say that I would own that as, you know, a black Well, it's just like, it's just like with, with, with the question that was, I was watching this TV show when you talk about um, bathing, they asked the question, <laughs> loofah, just soap or washcloth, and all the black people said yeah, washcloth. washcloth. Yeah. But we and, and none of them was from the same city, same state. But as a people, we feel if you don't use a washcloth, you're not clean. But we don't need no loofah. We bump that soap in the hand. You ain't you just you just glazing over the dirt. <laughs> you ain't washing nothing. Now, now the thing is, is that like, okay, a loofah, you an emergency situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you somewhere you ain't never been before. You know what I'm saying? And that's all you got. A t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? But you know it's something else that's scrubbing your body. You know what I'm saying? Not just uh, slick soap in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't see how anybody just do the soap in the hand. I wouldn't feel clean. I'd just be like, okay, this is just... Uh, uh, uh. Well, be- because okay, first of all, I know that if I put lotion on my body, that's a layer of something over my. You know, I can feel it. You know, right. when I was a kid, my mom right. used to slap that uh, Vaseline on my face, and it, I just feel caked on and everything. Right. And by the end of the day, you you like, mm, I need to wash my face. You know, like, and if you just take some soap and put it on your face, not yeah. It's it's just it's just a layer. It's nothing clean. Yeah, it, it it's just yeah. It, it does not remove anything, right? So you, the process of having like so if I say if you use a loofah, do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? I've been in a situation where I had to use some loofahs. You know what I'm saying? But to use nothing, 
oh no, I'm like, oh, I gotta take another shower later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, and you know what? And that's sorry, uh, audience, that we got on bathing habits. Uh, <laughs> but 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 in the hood, that is a legit debate: loofah, washcloth, or just soap. And I'm sorry, I come from a washcloth generation. You put soap, you you wet that washcloth and put that soap in there. Well, now liquid soap, and you get that good lather, slap it on your. You got to hit a slap when you hit the, when you put it on your body. You got to hit a slap. If you don't get a slap when you put put it on your body, you know you you starting off wrong. You know what I'm saying? It did too. I was talking to my friend. I'm like, do you? Okay, this okay. Sorry, audience. Like I said, this is a very unorthodox show. I'm the type. I lather my, my wash rag real, real good. Throw that liquid soap in there. Get, get a good lather. Hit all the spots. Then get under the water. Then get out again. Hit it again. And do that again. Then get under the water. I can't be under the water the whole time and try to wash. I'm, I'm because it's something that. about the like the water splashing <laughs> off yo the soap that you're trying to put on. You know what I'm saying? You're like, wait a minute. I need that to be clean right there. And right. every time that water hit it, you're like, oh. Did I get that spot? I don't know. Like so, so if you see me back from the water, just know I got it lathered <laughs> real good, and I got that good old, a good amount of of liquid soap in there, and I'm washing real good. Let me get under there, get some water, and hit it again. I'm not a stay under the shop, you know, stay under the water the whole time type of person. Plus, I'm heavy set. So I'll be needs, you know, some extra time, you know. So my peoples from the south told me that. uh the, that the reason they used to do that was because they couldn't afford water, you right? Know? So like, uh, or they would have to wash themselves. They have to ra- they, they have to ration the water, right? Or that yeah, you know get well water. Like yeah. So uh, what they would do is put a little water on the rag and wash it real, you know, get a good lather going, wash their body, and then rinse off. Right. So I, I think that those, like I said before, is like those habits have been passed down over time and we don't necessarily need that anymore, right? We, we but it's so ingrained, we like, uh-uh, that's Bible. <laughs> like, that's biblical. We're not gonna do that. No, no. We can't change that, you know what I'm saying? Uh just like, you know, uh I mean if you know anybody that that's grew up in church or whatever, you know, I I I had a unique experience growing up. I went to Catholic church and Baptist church every single Sunday. So every Sunday I went to a Catholic service and then also went to a Baptist service. I know you was confused. I mean, I wasn't so much confused. You went from you went from you went from um, Catholic hymns. Oh yeah, yeah. I said, "Oh my mule, <laughs> oh my mule." <laughs> so in that situation, I basically like I I went to a Catholic. You know, school, and I was only black face there. So, like, in my mind, I was like, okay, obviously, this ain't us, you know, like, so then going through that with my grandma, and I was like, you know, people falling out and, you know, speaking in tongues and worshiping to the. People getting slain in the spirit, huh? You know, the pastor sweating and, and somebody come wipe his brow, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they bring his, they bring his coat at the end. <laughs> Was was your pastor James Brown bringing his coat at the end? I, I, 
excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I grew up Pentecostal apostolic. We didn't do that. What nobody bringing the pastor his coat? They're probably bringing some water. The, the armor bearer would bring us some water and bring his coat. But we wipe ain't. Was he on the knee? Was he on one knee? Tell some please, please. I mean, come on now. Bring no. him his coat. Come on. Where do you think James Brown got that from? Yo, back to church. <laughs> sounds like that's what it sounds like. <laughs> James Brown, that, that's he just he turned holy music to secular music. That's what he did. That's how he got famous. Um, no, but uh, I, you know, it's just certain things. You know that you see in the church specifically, I would say environmental, right? And it just gets passed down and passed mm-hmm. down, like people the way people do testimony service in church, right? Oh, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about testimony service turns into something. Now, I think it's a very important thing to have a testimonial service. That's just my personal opinion, but like, but I think it need. Uh, I think I think some testimonies need to be filtered. <laughs> We yeah. want to know. We want to know the goodness. People. We want to know the goodness of the Lord. <laughs> but some things need to stay between you and the Lord. I, I don't want to know everything. Just get to the, like they say, don't tell me about the labor. Just show me the baby. Like, <laughs> get to what God did. We don't need to know what He did up. What happened up until that point? What did He do? See what you. What they trying to get you to understand is that. God is in any and everything, so all these things work together for their good. Well, some things about. might have worked for their good, but the story didn't sound good, and some things you don't... I'm going to just say this. God gave us five senses to know, like, I don't need to be saying this in the church. I don't care if it's part of the testimony or not. That's going to be my secret. That's going to be me and God. How many senses? Enough. <laughs> <laughs> Think he's sight, sound, <laughs> taste, touch. What's that? Five senses. He gives us common sense. Common sense. <laughs> he gives us common sense and senses. Okay. Uh, okay. You, okay, ladies and gentlemen, I, I I really feel very moved to apologize for this evening's show. We. I don't feel. We're so. I'm. You know. I, you know what? I know they like. Okay, they're they off the chain. I don't feel moved. Apologize. They should. They they the ones chose to continue listening. And please continue to listen. <laughs> Tonight is one of those nights where we was just like, hey, let's just have. Let's not be too heavy. Let's have a topic. As you see, we got off of it real quick. Um, I know. As a as a as a people. You know how when, when you see, like, say it's, it's a Mexican, a black person, a white person, a Chinese person, we're all in one room, and some, some, someone says something funny or something funny happens. Have you noticed every race but us are very subdued in their response? They'll be like, ha, 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 oh, ha, 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 us? <laughs> we slapping folk, knocking people down, we rolling. And and the funny thing is, we're all like that. I've been in places where I didn't know people, and we've heard something funny, and we all had the same response. Like we're so animated when it comes to la- like I know I am. I th- I think we are more when we're around more of us, like because it makes us feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like at my job, obviously, I, 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 I yeah. Your job, you can't do nothing. And, and you, can't, job- you can't even salute. At my job, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that that was funny, sir. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Where 
where when I'm with you, when we worked together, we was we was falling all out. We know what I'm saying? We cracked Do you remember that time Coach May had a call us Tom and Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> but because we, we genuinely just had a good time all we, the time. We, you know, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. We I'm pretty up. sure when the door was closed and they just heard us in there hollering and laughing, I'm pretty sure they thought it wasn't the work getting done. Because mm-hmm. I would have thought it. The way we used to laugh, I'm, I used to be like, I would have been like, I know ain't not now work getting done in that track office because all I hear is laughing and joking. But see, what they didn't know is is that we try to get all our work done ahead of time. <laughs> so so we could be clowning around and doing all that. And, we, and, and ladies and gentlemen, clowning, we did very well. That was one thing. You didn't have to worry about us with that. We clowned. Like, oh, oh, here goes another thing. So something that I believe is just environmentally innate to black folks is, is that we're going to clown on some people. We're going to talk about you. We, I mean, you better have some thick skin when you're around some black folks. We're going to talk about you. We'll be like, now you know you shouldn't come outside. Look. <laughs> like, what, what were you thinking? Yeah. You know let what? You, let you roll up to the, to the barbecue with the girl that you was just talking bad about, you know, two weeks ago or something, you know, everybody about to clown you. You know what? One thing I had to learn in my family. See, I got the type of family that if you bring a guest, you basically got to debrief that guest. <laughs> what to say, when not to say, and shut up. They got to know the signals. They got to know the signals. Like, oh, don't, 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 no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Because I got the type of family they will clown you. So, I'm a strong-willed person, and sometimes I'll be like, look, I, ain't, I, look, I'm not, I am not mentally right. I'm not in a good headspace to deal with you people. Because if your girlfriend ugly, if your man ugly, if you driving a a, a hoofy. If you just say something stupid, it's a wrap. Like, it's you might okay. I, 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 yeah, it's a wrap. And I, and, and you, and people gonna be looking at you like, oh, why? Come on. And you gonna be like, what? They did that to themselves. <laughs> I, I remember one time we was we was at a family gathering, and and one of my family members brought brought, brought their boyfriend at the time. This man said something dumb, real dumb, at 7 p.m. We clowned him until 10.45 p.m. On that one thing he said at 7 p.m. That's how we are as a so family. Y'all clowned him like we like like that one lady with the oatmeal? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you the backstory of the oatmeal. We were in Virginia Beach at AAU, and we was talking about food and cooking. This woman had the gall, the audacity, the nerve to say, I make the best homemade oatmeal. (laughs) You you heard it right, homemade oatmeal. I asked her, so do you take a machete and go out there and cut your wheat and barley (laughs) Because that's the only way you're going to make homemade oatmeal because oatmeal, you just put water to it no matter what. So it's homemade. 
So how do you make homemade oatmeal? <laughs> when she said it, the room got quiet. So that was my that was my cue to ask her the million dollar question. <laughs> she didn't like it, got mad, and talked to us the rest of the day. So if you say something dumb, we're not the type of people to let it go. <laughs> we're not. Just like that time we was I at think a, we rolled that out the rest. We rolled that out for the rest of the trip. Every time she said something, we'd, we'd be like, "Oh, so like that homemade oat." <laughs> oh, so like that homemade oat. Like every time she said something, we was like, "Like that homemade oatmeal." So yeah, I, I I do think that's like distinctly like a black culture thing. You know, like like I, I, our culture has a big influence on who we are as people. Absolutely. You know what? Absolutely. I feel like, and our culture is so, it's so vast, really, if you think about it, like, because I got friends who are like, like, there is a specific type of black, like, emo person, you know what I'm saying, like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, and and because I look at, you know, a white person is emo versus a black person it is it there is a difference yeah like and okay um this this is this a uh, disclaimer we're just talking in general we're not we're not trying to be divisive we're just talking <laughs> culturally oh yeah the yeah. difference between different yeah. cultures and how they respond or how they interact right yeah like and specifically i'm saying that like there is a there's a difference between certain things and because there's there's musicians in other cultures right all over the world all over the globe but musicians in black culture whether they doing country whether they doing gospel whether they doing soul uh r&b whatever it is right they are very specifically a certain way like and 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 rightly so, right? Like they bring their own little, a piece of the culture to whatever they do, and that's really what probably makes them so talented and good at the good at what they do, because uh, they bring something different to the table. But um, yeah, I mean, so I culture, black culture, white culture, whoever's culture has influence on their uh, their personalities that that you know different character traits and everything like that. Because um, obviously, you know, black people grow, grow, growing up in the South with uh, an accent can still relate to a lot of things that I can relate to growing up in California. I mean, I, I go, I used to go uh, spend summers with my cousins all the mm-hmm. time. And it was like basically no difference. Like, it wasn't like they were like, Oh, what y'all do in California? Oh, y'all do that, and we do this. And it was like, oh, we do all the same stuff. You know, it was certain things that you, <laughs> it was certain things you did differently just because of the area you grew up. But the base of everything was the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, when I came to Kentucky and everybody was saying pop, and I was like, what's that? See, yeah, when I, I grew up in West Virginia. Yes, people. I'm from West Virginia, Bluefield, West Virginia. We said soda. We didn't say pop. It was soda. Yeah. 
Because the East Coast uses soda or soda yeah, pop. And, and West Virginia is part, really considered more East than anything. And we should say soda instead of pop. All right. I'm going to ask you a question, Marcus, and you have to answer. Okay. You cannot alleviate. You can't say, I plead the fifth. All right. Let me get my get myself mentally prepared. And these are questions some of our audience may understand these and some may not. So just bear with, bear with me. Okay. Pin relays. Morehouse relays. Oh, absolutely, pin relays. Really? Pin relays for the atmosphere. I get it. Obviously, I get it. Absolutely for the atmosphere. All the vendors, all, all just the big crowd. It's something that I kind of had dreams about when I was a kid, running under a big crowd like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? To be honest, and y'all, you all probably probably knew. I halfway paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I halfway paid attention. Let me let me get you some water, because <laughs> you ain't about to fall out on me. Man, I really halfway paid attention to what y'all was doing at that meet. I was too busy. I was too busy doing me, and you know, I, I, in that, at that meet, a lot of my coaching friends, a lot of my friends, I ran against a lot of my friends that, you know, we came up through the ranks was there so we was on we we was y'all could have came in butt naked last half the time we didn't care next question 90s r&b 2000 r&b 90s r&b you know what that's too easy i was talking to my sister the other day i was like you know what the 90s music bumping like if I hear something from the 90s, I get sentiment almost. Like, those are, those were the good old days. 80s and 90s, because the 80s really influenced a lot of the, a lot of the 90s. So, right. Uh, and a lot yeah. of the 90s music was carryover, you know, artists was carryover from the 80s. Yeah. So, like, Black Street and all those people, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know who, I don't even know who these new R&B artists are. I mean, some, some people, you know... Obviously, you know, are, are cool, but uh, like right now, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, was it Pink Sweatpants? Is that his name? I think. Who? Pink Sweatpants or something. We're gonna have to get some of his music playing at some point. But yeah, he uh, he got some good stuff. I ain't gonna lie. It's a little new. It's new agey, but it's it ain't bad. But uh. Okay. Um, like, I ain't going to knock none of the new artists. It's just I prefer to listen. Well, I'm going to be honest. As a person who has dabbled in the music industry and a person who has done music um, professionally to a certain extent, I don't think, and, and this is my personal opinion, I just don't think the nine, the music now compared to the 90s because this music is, is not as imaginative and creative as the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and 60s no no question because you had you had to know how to sing there was no there was nothing to cover if you couldn't sing we all knew everybody knew so i think the 90s and the 90s are a lot more creative and a lot more talented that's just my personal opinion peanut butter and jelly ham sandwich I had a lot of hams, but I think I prefer peanut butter and jelly. I ain't gonna lie. Four by four, 
800. Now that's the that's the million dollar question right there. Uh, uh, it's something about the 400 um, that gave me extra boost or gave me mm-hmm. extra energy or something. I don't even know what it was. You know, the camaraderie and uh, that's when I really felt like I was carrying a team, right? You mm-hmm. know, most of your career is on your is a solo. It's a track field solo career for the most part, but those, you know, relays are the ones that, you know, you feel like you're the name, the name on your chest is a lot more important in that 4x4 than it is in that 800. But don't get me wrong, can't nobody tell me that the 400, I mean, that the 800 or the 400 hurdles is not the hardest races on that track. 400 hurdles? I would, I, I'd rather, I'd rather go through hell with gasoline draws <laughs> than run the 400 hurdles. If my coach told me to run the 400 hurdles to keep my scholarship, I need to go to the final trade office and take out a loan. There's no, there's no way. There's no because a lot of 400 meter runners can run the 800. Right. I mean, a lot of 400 meter hurdlers can run the 800 mm-hmm. and do it well. I'm good. If I'm telling you, if my coach would have said, "Hey, hey, hey, Smith." The four hundred, keep your scholarship. I'd be like, "Hey, coach, I'm on my way to financial aid to get a, to get some loans." Because <laughs> today, my last day. <laughs> I, rem- I I remember people used to run from the four by four. Like they'd be like, oh, "I heard come, coach. I think he's gonna ask me to run a four by four. Let me go ahead and go to the bathroom or something." I'm thinking, you like, know what, folk was hey when the four like, by four came up, people got like roaches. They got ghosts. Like they was out. It was like uh my my. You good all all meat long. All of a sudden, the four four, my hamstring. When did that start hurting? Ten minutes ago, when they said first call. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to interview some people from back in the day. Team. No, they nobody want to hear. About, reason, don't nobody want to hear about our track team. Because, they don't know something wasn't right. The reason that the reason I say that is because I don't want to talk about them without them being here to to, to defend them. We've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> Because I will never forget when we one of my teammates sat out in the sun. Oh, the whole meet. <laughs> he didn't make the finals in his race. Sat in the sun for nine hours. And we was in Alabama. No shade whatsoever. I said, so uh, we need somebody to run the pre. Don't get him. That man, he looks like he's been burning. <laughs> He was out there in that sun, like no, not under the shade. He had a hoodie on, everything. I'm like, we had to, we had to kind of like make sure he was okay for the rest of that meet, for the rest of the conference. But he knew that he was supposed to run the prelims. That's what the cracked me up. After he didn't do well in his individual race, his mentals went completely sideways. There was, and make it so bad. After a while, didn't nobody even try to talk to him. We just looked at him and kept pushing. Yeah, we was like, all right, all right, but uh. You know, it, it's it's all love. We all did did some. I I missed the bus. <laughs> you know, we all did some. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Since you brought it up, when oh. you woke up and seen two hundred and seventy five missed calls, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think? I was like, dang, I really messed up. Like, I need to. Like, I literally. Flew through town to meet y'all. 
Walmart. He met us at Walmart and left the car running. <laughs> we was like, we went in park or that. Well, it, I think it was in park, but I'm like, this man's truck is still running. Like, and the uh, kid, what? Geez. And everybody knew what was up because everybody just ran off the bus when you got on. Even the bus driver was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to get off too. Because everybody was like, coach, um, Mark, when you, when you finally got through, BT was like, coach, Marcus is on the phone. I was like, I don't care. He's done. Like, tell him to turn his uniform in. And everybody's like, no, nah, coach, we need him. We need him. I said, well, he better beat us to, to Walmart. And I'm like, he's not going to beat us because we're halfway there. We look up, we pulling up at the same time. So I said, where was this man at? Like, you know, what's going on? But And I think I had to, like, go back to the house, get my stuff. Right. I know red lights was ran. I know stop signs was not. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, uh, yeah. Was rough. But, you know, there's this young and dumb, you know. But I married her. <laughs> <laughs> you married the culprit. Yes, you did. <laughs> Been happily married for nine, what, 10 years? No, I was married going on 12 years. Good Lord. I can't date nobody for 12, 12 days, let alone 12. Remember that time we went to my friend's house in Tennessee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. And and ladies and gentlemen, we're just saying because we have history as a, as, as a coaching staff, as friends, as a mentor to a mentee. There's some things we both can take to the grave about each other. Uh-huh. That if you was to you could you can waterboard me all day. <laughs> I'm not gonna say nothing. Did he do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, New York or Raleigh? You know what? It's harder than what people think because. The Raleigh back in the day, it was a good meet. That was just a good meet, like all around. Um, we used to go during spring break, right? No, Atlanta um, was always. It was either for spring break, it was either Atlanta or Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, yeah, that's right. But Raleigh was just a good, really good meet. Yeah, <clears throat> well, well hosted, quality athletes, uh, quality athletes. Yeah, um, but uh, New York, I mean, New York was more of the ambiance. Of the yeah. city, the, yeah. you know, because remember we, when I took the team, I was like, "Look, yeah. we it just enjoy the culture." You know what I'm saying? Yep. Remember we went and they told us, "What Chipotle? Like what? We're in the mecca of 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 culture, and y'all want some Chipotle?" <laughs> so the rest of the team went with me. They was like, "Coach, you league, so we gonna go with you." Okay, so I took them to this this bodega, then I took them to this um, place and got a twenty dollar wing meal. And it was worth every penny. <laughs> we up in Washington Heights running there. And I told him, I said, don't run. Don't be making a lot of commotion. They up there running down the street wondering why the cops chasing them. Because <laughs> it's 20 of y'all running. <laughs> but yeah, um, back then, Raleigh, Raleigh was, I used to really enjoy Raleigh. Like that meat. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a tough one. NCAA Nationals. AAU Nationals. Oh, that's not hard. AAU Nationals. For sure. <laughs> AAU Nationals for sure. Um, because we was 
because one, Coach O was hosting, you know, uh, he was on time and everything for that, and he, you know, I, I got to give it to props to Coach O. He, uh, you know, anywhere, even after leaving coaching and everything, he still looked mm-hmm. out, you know, and thank, thank God for that relationship that I gained through you. Uh, but, yeah, that, yeah, for sure. AU. Okay, here come a tough track and field question. You ready? C-Ray Relays, Morehouse Relays. C-Ray. C-Ray. Now, you're talking about quality meat. Yeah, that was quality meat for sure. Man, it, you're talking about people down there running like that meat. And that year, y'all sold that. Uh, <laughs> that year, y'all running with them C-Ray Relay flag. I'm like, oh, my God. What I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I do. <laughs> That was the same year. That was the same year. I had to sing y'all to get some meat because I was singing in that wedding. Oh yeah, that's right. You was singing in a way. Yeah, we used to, we we pulled up to the to... y'all pulled up to the church. I'm in my suit, about to go sing. Like, hey, take this money, go get some meat. Yeah, yeah, we done done some stupid stuff. I I will say that C uh, Ray was amazing. I mean, especially for me, I got to run against. Uh, athletes who eventually made it to the Olympics and world championships, yeah, and world championships. And um, I got to see what it really felt like to compete on that level Uh, because that was true competition, that was Mm -hmm. true. You know, I had to push myself beyond my limits. Uh, It wasn't just, oh, yeah, I'm about to go run against you know another college, it was no, I'm running against world class athletes. Um, and that that made me feel good to know that I'm I'm in a race with world class athletes, um, and I'm not far behind as I thought I would be. You know, what I'm saying I was like, man, like uh. Well, I remember that C Ray relay meet. I I had you put in a different heat, mm-hmm. and you ran your best time in life. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, because I because at the, at the time. You was like two minutes, two oh one. I said, Well, Marcus, you're gonna run under two minutes today. Mm-hmm. He was like, Well, I don't know. I said, watch. And you when you came through at 157, I was like, Yeah, we ready for conference. Cause you came in like in 157 and, and David was in one David was in a Olympic style heat. Mm-hmm. He was in a heat where I'm like, ooh, we if he come in dead last, we still good because he gonna he gonna run a great time. <laughs> but he came in like fourth or fifth and ran like a one fifty Six one fifty five. I was like, <clears throat> okay, you know he's ready to run, and that's the year he won conference. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Hip hop nineties or hip hop eighties? Mm, hip hop eighties. Why? Uh, I just feel like it was like a lot of authenticity to, mm. and and like grit to having yeah. to like be heard right the voices were louder they were like radical it was like rock and roll you know so saying? to say that so the, the, on that same line of questioning east coast west coast you Not from sure. the been from the west coast i'm pretty sure you're gonna say <laughs> easy and all them and you know mac 10 you know i mean you know e40 Absolutely got a rep E40 being from the Bay Area. Right. Um, I, I listened to absolutely all, 
almost all um, Bay Area music growing up, but uh, I have to give a shout out to the South. The South was still trying to do their thing, even though they weren't being heard the way that uh, the East Coast was being heard. The Bay Area wasn't being heard the way, you know, some of the rappers in LA were being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I already, the Northern California is already a different country compared to Southern California. Anyway. Yeah. So my experience in hip hop at that, you know, hip hop that comes from that time period, uh, my experience is a lot different than most people's, you know, because a lot of the Bay Area rappers would do a lot of underground things with sound, rappers from the South. So, can you breathe in? Of course. <laughs> He's trying to distract me. Uh, but no, yeah. So my experience is a little bit different than most people's. Like if you grew up in like uh, in the LA area, Compton, uh, Orange County, those areas, uh, then, you know, you're going to obviously, you know, be the NWAs and uh, even though I did listen to those people but it just those were very mainstream people but most of the people in Northern California they were considered underground right uh, there was a, a few people like E40 he, he had made it mainstream by then but um, but a lot of other people were considered underground because they all wanted to be independent and all that sort of stuff so um, yeah Another track question. Maurice Green, Usain Bolt. I'm Maurice Green. Maurice Green. I'm glad. I'm glad you were not on that Usain Bolt train. I mean, he, he is what he is. Um, a, a good athlete in his own right. But, I mean, I feel like he came in at a time, like perfect timing. Because I know athletes who were a phenomenal athletes for a longer period of time. Right, right. From a young age to an old age, you know, and it was dominating track and field where I feel like Usain Bolt was like a blip in. Like, I'd say like two Olympics at like, oh, um, no, I'm three Olympics because he yeah. had eight, 12, and 16. But yeah. when you look at the body of work for like Maurice Green or Carl Lewis, it was like mm-hmm. Carl Lewis was like for years from the 80s owned up until 96. You're looking at eight, 1980 to 96 where he was consistent body and, and at the top of his game. So you're looking at a 16-year career basically to a I'm going to say an 8-year career. It's, 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 but I guess what what helped you saying is the um, technology and oh, yeah. because you can the, see his races. Yep, the, the internet helped Really Whereas if you you would have to Google um, Carl Lewis and even Maurice Green to a certain extent, you have to Google them to see them. There wasn't really track wasn't as mainstream as it is as now. it is now. Yeah. But I'm about to give you a tough women's question. You ready? Track and field. Allison Felix, Shelly Ann Frazier, Sonya. Richard Ross. Now you you just put hey, 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 hey. shut up. Okay. Shut up. Okay. Gwen Torrance. 
No, no, I'm not even gonna put them. Just them three. <laughs> you could put all of them in the same. Just them three. Just them three. Just so name. Sonya, Sonya, Allison, Allison. Shelly Ann Fraser. Did I say Shelly Ann Fraser? Yeah, you said Shelly Ann Fraser. So it's an easy one for me. For me, I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's Allison Felix. By hands down, Allison ran the one. The two, she was world champion and Olympic champion at the two. She was world champion at the four. And, she, and she, if she holds the Olympic, the world record in the four by one. And if I, I, I don't, I don't know if Sonya is listening. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's no shade on you. Like you did, you do your thing, girl. Yeah, like she, I, I, Sonya is the American record holder in yeah, the four hundred. Uh, so you do your thing, and I and I, all all three of those women are phenomenal athletes. Um, me personally, I you know growing up watching, uh, yeah. Allison Felix run, um, and her being from the Bay Area. Yeah, and yeah, being being a Californian, you know, um, and the way that she runs has always meant something to me. Like the the effortlessness mm-hmm. that she runs with. And that's in all her races. Um, has always been just so uh, like it's like watching a majestic animal. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I mean, I hope I she understands that. That's like she. I think she understands enduring, that analogy. Yeah, yeah. It's very enduring. Uh, you know, <clears throat> way I'm putting that. I don't mean to. But this way. is the last one, and it's two women that had a rivalry for years. Gwen Torrance. Or Gail Devers. Devers. Yeah. Um, Gail Devers. Why? Because she's Gail Devers. Nobody's Gail Devers. Nobody. For me, I'm have to be honest. For me, I look at when I look at um Allison Felix, I see a lot of Gwen Torrance. Because Gwen was good at one point in time, Gwen led the world in the four hundred. So Gwen can run everything from the one, the two, and the, like she's Olympic champion in two, world champion in the four, led the you know number ranked number one in the world in the four hundred was running four ones, four fours, and Gwen was one of the few athletes that can do all three. Um, Flojo did it. Flojo did the one, the two, and the four. Um, the great Evelyn Ashford was more of a one two, but it wasn't a lot of athletes male or female i was doing all three and doing them at a at a great doing them at doing them at, a, at a quality um you know um dynamic now someone that's doing it now on the men's side you got to look at you know curly you know silver medal in the one great at the two world champion at the four so i think in 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 our sport People are realizing you have to be versatile. You can't be a one-trick pony. Yeah. You know, to make money, to make the money that you want to make, you uh, a promoter got to be able to put you in any of those three races or any other races, and you give them a quality, you know, um, race. And ladies and gentlemen, this weekend we have the Prefontaine, and if you go to www.prefontaine.com 2021 and see that women's lineup for the 100 meters, it could be an Olympic final. 
Same thing on the men's side. Um, we're finally going to see the race we didn't see at the games with Shelly Ann Frazier, Shakari Richards, with Shakari Richards. Um, it's going to be a good one. And you got, you know, Elaine Thompson. It's going to be a good one. And on the men's side, you got all the finalists except for the gentleman who actually won the gold medal. So, yeah, but um, this was a great show. This was off the cuff. We just oh, yeah. had a good time just talking about just talking. <laughs> yeah, thank you all for tuning in. It, it's uh, always a pleasure. Uh, I, I, it's always – we always go back and forth have these conversations all the time. So it's just fun for us, but, you know, uh, we appreciate it that you guys are tuning in. Please continue to tune in with us. Uh, as we uh, uh, continue to create more episodes and uh, start interviewing other people, uh, if you have any suggestions on uh, on topics, on people we should interview, or anything like that, or if you want to be interviewed, you know, please tune in, uh, message us, get a hold of us, and, and we will uh, we'll make that happen. Well. Until next time, Coach. Peace to the gods.